Hi, welcome back to the Casual Crew. Today I will be going into some college football. Finally getting into it. I'm hoping I can do college football once a week. So this is going to be the start of that. And uh, right now I'll just be talking kind of what happened with some of the games last week and some to look forward to next week. Let's jump right into it. Hello, we're back, or I'm back, I guess I should say, um, getting into some college football. Um, I'm going to be doing this one alone today. I'm hoping I can get Ricky and Colin on the college football one. They don't care for college football as much as they do for NFL, which is totally fine, and schedules just aren't quite aligning. But I do want to try and get this out. Um, so we have a college football and an NFL one especially so our episodes aren't two hours long for right now. But um, yeah, let's get started on that. So first off, um, pretty exciting week. Uh, we're starting to see some of the teams play out and the trajectory of their season. And uh, first off, just going into my team, I'm a Nebraska fan. Um, kind of a tough loss, but I don't even really want to talk about Nebraska. I want to talk about Colorado. And that's because uh, Deion Sanders has something special going on there. Um, if you didn't buy in, now's your chance. This is the last chance because they're going to be good. Um, I'm tired of seeing all these random Colorado fans all of a sudden. But, um, yeah, they're the real deal. Um, Travis Hunter's the real deal. Shador Sanders the real deal. Um, they have a legit roster. And it was pretty doubtful because this was kind of the first time we saw a team completely reinvent themselves in the transfer portal and a lot of that had to do with um Deion Sanders moving from Jackson State to Colorado so a lot of his uh players followed him but that's uh not to say that he didn't go out from other places which includes uh Xavier Weaver and who had an insane game against both TCU and Nebraska but really didn't start getting attention until the Nebraska game because he had such an insane game. He had 10 catches for 170 yards and a touchdown, which is just exceptional. He looked solid. Like, their whole offense looked great. Um, one thing that worries me in the future is their run game. Uh, Dylan Edwards is a solid back, but he seems kind of more prominent in the receiving game. Not to say that they don't have, they have a power runner, in um Anthony Hankerson but uh their running's a little suspect right now um but uh talking more about them uh Shadur is definitely one of the best quarterbacks in uh the country he's going to be a first rounder if not that's if I'm hearing stuff that he might stay to I don't know, Todd McShay or Mel Kuyper is saying that he should stay, so then he is a for sure uh, number one pick, which I can see the appeal in that, but um, this dude will be a starter in the NFL one day. He's legit. His accuracy is the real deal. He makes all the right decisions. Sometimes you think, like, oh, like, why didn't he do more with that? Because he's scrambling around, he's getting free, and then he'll kind of just run out of bounds for a loss even. There was a few plays where he took a loss against Nebraska. 
because he didn't want to throw it into tight coverage, which I I don't know. In college, that's insane maturity. You're not going to see that, you know, anywhere. Who cares about the loss? At least you have, you know, the possession still, or even if you don't, like, it's better than an interception. So I love it. He's the real deal. Travis Hunter is definitely the real deal. Um, he's playing a hundred plus snaps each game so far. I can only can see that, see that continuing. Um, and I really think a lot of, uh, you know, they have these star players, but I do think a lot of CU is people buying into Dion and it's kind of exciting to see because you kind of only really see that to like, you know, coaches who have like established themselves and not to say Dion haven't, but you think like, all oh, the Nick Sabans or the Kirby Smarts who are like at Alabama and at Georgia who are, you know, have this long run of culture that they, you know, are representing. And then people are like, oh, I want to play for that culture. Dion said, hey, I'm going to take this culture, make it my identity. And he's done that since like youth football. Youth football, he's had the same identity and just brought it with him. And it's kind of the personality that he's always brought with him in terms of as a player and as a coach. And it's kind of exciting as a football fan. You kind of want to root for it and you just want to be like, wow, like this is awesome to see, you know, such a almost cult following. Just kind of follow him just because, you know, you see what he's representing, not only for himself, but for the players as well. And I think that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, I'm I'm excited to see them play Oregon and USC here in a few weeks. Those are going to be big games. Um, I would like to see... Uh, I think those games are going to be shootouts. There's not to... Uh, the Buffaloes do have a solid defense, but um, TCU put up a lot of yards. Nebraska... If their quarterback struggles didn't occur, then I don't know. I can't say we would have, but um, I I do worry about like kind of their run game, uh, or run defense. Sorry, run defense and run game actually, but uh, their run defense. So I think that could be bad. But they're playing, you know, USC with Caleb Williams. They're not going to be running much. Maybe with him, uh, but they're not. They're not going to be running much. So. Those will be good games. They'll be shootouts. They'll pretty much be must-watch TV, so uh, you definitely need to get on that. Um, I would like to talk about Nebraska a little bit just because I feel like there's a lot of uh, a lot of stuff going around. Our quarterback definitely had struggles. Jeff Sims had some really bad turnovers. Two of them were fumbles off the snap that hit his hands, and uh, those were pretty bad, but... Uh, from what I can see, just watching, I feel like there's just like a sense of nervousness and un- he's uncertain about himself, which uh, does not help when you have pretty much the whole country harping on him, saying, oh, Nebraska needs to switch the quarterback and whatnot. Um, so one thing I would like to see from Nebraska is like, sounds crazy, but kind of off the field stuff. They had, like, a sports psychologist getting him right in the confidence and stuff. I believe that Matt Rule is trying his hardest to ensure the confidence in him. Um, I was reading stuff in camp that what they were trying to do to get him to pass more accurately. 
And um, I do believe that those things have kind of, excuse me, um, that he has tried to work those in, but um, I don't know. It hasn't really seemed like it's fully came to fruition, which is uh, unfortunate, but I do think he is our best quarterback. Everyone's saying uh, Harburg it should be the starter, but Harburg has not thrown a pass in a college football game. There's a reason we only run run packages with him, and or like we literally subbed in our third string quarterback when Jeff Sims was hurt because we didn't want to pass with Harburg. Whatever reason that may be, it's what it tells me is Harburg cannot pass, or they don't really trust his passing ability or whatever it may be. I don't really know. But it's not telling enough to me that um, we have a backup that's competent enough, um, which is unfortunate. But I also do think we have to just trust Jeff, try and get him the confidence that he needs to uh, just keep moving forward. Because, I don't know, football is hard. I don't see anybody else you know, thinking they can do it. Um, or if they can, they would be there, you know. So, I don't know. It's it's a tough pill to swallow. Um, but I am I'm looking forward to it because, that'll segue into the next thing, uh, the Big Ten West does not look good. Um, I was kind of the only team that, like, looks somewhat, competent in the Big Ten West and that's not really saying a lot because uh, I don't know their offense is just way too up in the air all the time they're going to play good Big Ten teams who you know have too much offense and that's they're going to lose those games even though their defense is insane it's still they're not going to be you know Penn State um, Michigan are going to be tough ones. Teams like Maryland, who have a ton of offense and a ton of athletes, that's going to be a tough game. I don't know that they play, but the big thing that I do think they have is I don't see them losing to a Big Ten West team. Um, Wisconsin was kind of looking like the only other, you know, front runner for this, and they just lost to Washington State. Um, not to that's. Kind of all the credit to Washington State, though. But, um, I don't know. Wisconsin, it, it seems like Iowa's going to come out of the West, assuming they don't blow it. But they do play Penn State in two weeks. Um, and that's pretty much their toughest challenge. So they should be able to go through uh, the Big Ten West and win it. Uh, just because the Big Ten West looks kind of pitiful, if I'm being honest. Um, they do play Wisconsin, and that could be a big one, um, assuming Wisconsin uh, does not. Well, was the Wisconsin-Iowa could be the Big Ten West, the uh, terming game, um, but... Wisconsin will play Ohio State a few weeks after they play Iowa, so that could change. Um, talking more on the Big Ten, um, I think Penn State can make waves this year. 
I wouldn't be shocked if they make a playoff push um, because it finally seems like they kind of have it going for them. I think Ohio State might have a down year with some quarterback play. I'm not totally sold on Kyle McCord. Um, Marvin Harrison's the real deal. He got seven touches out of the 14 reception, or he he got uh, he had an insane stat line. Let's just let's just check it real quick. Um, he went insane. He had yeah seven catches for 160 yards and two touchdowns. That's insane. I don't want to hear that it's against Youngtown State. That is insane. Um, I'm just not totally sold on Kyle McCord. The Ohio State game with Indiana was uh, relatively close. It was 20 to 23. Um, and really, that's only because uh, Indiana got shut out in the second half. Not, I mean, they only had three the whole game. So, but uh, yeah, they had. They had the touchdown in the second half and two field goals. Kamakord didn't play super well. He didn't pass to Marvin Harrison or Emeka Abuka, which um, was kind of concerning. That could be, I didn't get to watch that game, but that could be a testament to Indiana's game plan. But you pretty much have to get the ball in their hands. Uh, Marvin Harrison will catch any ball pretty much, and it seems, and Emeka Abuka just seems like another mold of the Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson type fit where, you know, they're they're just all around solid wide receivers. Um, but I am concerned with uh their quarterback play and I'm not concerned with uh Penn State's. I think Penn State, Ohio State, um, will be insanely big because I think that determines maybe where this fourth playoff spot goes, if I'm being honest to what I think. Um, you know, and I'm I'm just a casual, hence why we call it the casual crew. But that's just kind of how I'm feeling. Um, Penn State's look solid, but they haven't really played anybody uh, quite yet. But I am, they do play Illinois, or they play, uh, excuse me, Iowa in two weeks. And I think that'll be a, Big tell of kind of where they're at, especially against a solid defense, um, because it's only gonna you know go up from there. Well, nah, I don't know. Iowa's defense is really good, but you know what I'm saying. They're gonna play like a legit squad, um, and if they, you know, it, it'll be a good tell on where they're at. But I do think Ohio State, Penn State's gonna be big. Um, and, you know, who knows? They could make a push with Michigan in the Big Ten East, but it's kind of Michigan's to lose right now, at least in my opinion. But, uh, yeah, that's kind of the Big Ten. Um, I'll talk about um, another game, a big game last week, which is uh, Alabama-Texas. Texas ended up uh, upsetting Alabama, which was kind of shocking to me just because Alabama doesn't lose at home very often and they haven't lost at home in double digits since Nick Saban by double digits since Nick Saban has been there which is kind of crazy Nick Saban hasn't lost a home game by double digits since he was coaching at LSU which is like in itself insane but 
Um, yeah, uh, they looked good. I wasn't sold on Texas because of how they played Rice. Um, it was really ugly, and they ended up like the score looked better than it was, but I was not. They were not playing very well. Um, but yeah, Quinn Ewers played insane. He really likes playing well against Bama because last year, last year Texas probably would have beat Alabama if Quinn didn't get hurt. Um, and who knows what happens with Texas season last year if Quinn didn't get hurt because uh, they would have been on a crazy good path. They, you know, they still had a solid season, but that would have that would have made their season. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh interesting to see Bama lose, um, especially non conference. Haven't seen that really at all either. Um, so kind of kind of just some big takeaways. I do think that pushes Texas pretty high up, um, especially because there's really no way in my eyes that they lose the Big 12. Um, they play Oklahoma, which is going to be, you know, it's always a big game, but Oklahoma's looks solid, but I don't, I still, I'm still kind of curious how this Brent Venables thing is. Because um, last year I thought it was going to be way better than it was, and they struggled, especially because their defense wasn't super good, and he's kind of a defensive-minded coach. So that was kind of interesting uh, to see play out last year, but I'm curious to see what comes from that game. Kind of their only other test is Kansas State, um, which Kansas State I do think is still very, very good. Um, but I don't know. It's, it's Texas at home against Kansas State. Texas could go undefeated at this point or finish with one loss and if they you know even if even with one loss if they win the conference championship they get in um which is you know that's crazy texas might be back which pains me to say as a nebraska fan but um it's pretty impressive what they did against bama and how quinn ewers played if he continues that he could be a Heisman contender. I'm still pretty big on Jordan Travis. So that's where I'm at with the Heisman. And uh speaking of Florida State, um I think they're, you know, the ACC is it it looks different this year. I wouldn't say it's weak, but it looks different. I think we're used to, you know, uh Miami kind of being a solid team. And, you know, another sleeper team. And then, you know, Clemson always dominating. And that's just not the case this year. Uh, another thing, I think it's Florida State's conference to lose. Um, at least so far. It'll be... I'm excited to see how it plays out. Because I do think there are some solid teams hidden beneath the conference. Um, such as we all saw Duke. Um, Syracuse looks solid still, which is awesome to see. Um, so I, I don't know. Um, the ACC might be the biggest, um, question mark conference because 
I still don't really know where every team stands. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think it's Florida State's to lose. Um, they do play uh, Clemson in two weeks. Um, and really after that, their maybe biggest test is Miami, um, which I think is a winnable game because it's at home. Um, the Clemson one, although Clemson is struggling, it's at Clemson. And Clemson also doesn't like to lose at home, especially since Dabo Sweeney's there. Um, so that'll that'll be an awesome game as well. Um, they do play Syracuse, like I said, Syracuse and they play Syracuse and then Duke. Syracuse could be a trap game because Syracuse is actually a solid squad. Um, but really, to me, there's no team that uh, really competes, especially the way ha- they handled LSU. Um, I don't think LSU is the same LSU as last year, but they still have, you know, NFL guys all over the place. Brian Kelly's still, you know, a solid coach. So I. Not to say LSU is any slouch, um, but yeah, I'm super excited for the ACC, um, and that kind of leaves the Pac-12, and the Pac-12 is awesome because <laughs> every team is good, and it kind of makes me sad because they're they're about to be disbanded, and you know half of them's gonna be Big Twelve. A few teams going to Big Ten, like it's it's kind of sad how that played out. I wish, um, I wish there was still a conference. Um, for so many reasons, um, I hate that it's all all TV deals, and that's literally the only thing that affects it. Like regional stuff was always the coolest stuff. It's so cool, like playing your in-state rival. Like that's that's one thing that's killed me about this whole conference realignment is uh I just don't really uh don't really see like the appeal in it because it's taking away so much tradition. Like I'm it, I don't know. It's like I go to Boise State or I graduated from Boise State and we're like apparently rivals with Idaho. And I get like there's levels to the competition stuff, but like Honestly, how insane would it be if Idaho, you know, beat Boise State? How insane would that be? I I don't know. The whole state is, like, probably geared up for that game. Um, whether it's a blowout or not or, you know, upset watch or whatever. Like, to me, that's so cool. And, um, like, we could see some rivalries die, like Oregon, Oregon State. Um, I really hope they keep the rivalry going, but that's called the Civil War. You know, there's so much tradition in that. And, you know, we've seen, like, Oregon State ruin Oregon season off that game. Um, or the other way, you know. Um, I just feel like we're, we, could, we could see the sport die with, or, you know, the tradition die with this concert conference realignment but um going further into the pac-12 i already mentioned colorado um i'd almost like to do an episode on colorado just because of how uh how cool their transition's been 
And I wouldn't only be mentioning Colorado, but it would be mentioning like the transfer portal in general and how that's benefited them and other teams. Um, like we've seen, you know, some slight success from UMass, who also, you know, revamped their roster and a few other teams as well. So um, that's definitely something I'll be uh, getting started here soon. But continuing on to the Pac-12, we have Oregon, Oregon State, who are both very solid. I'm pretty high on Oregon State. I had them like a top 15 team. I had them with one loss, but the conference is stacked. The conference is so stacked. I don't know how. I'm, I'm almost worried the conference is too stacked to where a team in the conference might not make the playoff because um they're just too stacked the one team that's selling me pretty big is uh washington and that's because uh they're kind of the only team with like a somewhat legit defense utah oregon state have some good defense as well but um like usc has good players but they they just look like the same old Lincoln Riley team. Just all offense, no defense. Not not saying they can't put it together, but I'm not. From what I've seen so far I have. Um but with Washington they have an insane remaining schedule. Uh which is gonna be very difficult for them. They play Oregon, um, and then they play USC, Utah. Oregon State and then Washington State to finish off the year. They through they go through this gauntlet of right now ranked USC at five, Utah at twelve, Oregon State at sixteen, and Washington State at twenty three. Which is gonna be very difficult. Uh you know, they play Arizona away. Arizona, I think, you know, is a little time from making waves. Um, but they, you know, they have they have this opportunity with the trap game because Washington plays Oregon the next week, and they have a real opportunity to upset them, um, which would be, you know, insane, because again, Washington has this gauntlet of a thing, and what's hilarious about it is pretty much all these teams have gauntlets. Um, USC goes, you know, they play Colorado, they play Notre Dame, they play Utah, they play Washington, they play Oregon, and then they play UCLA. I think that's kind of the, the big scare for me with the Pac-12, because I do think as of right now, they've looked like the best conference. Um, they have, you know, Utah beat SEC, Washington State beat Big Ten, I don't really want to hear like, oh, they're not top dogs. They're still like, you know, big teams and stuff. Um, Oregon just be big 12 at Texas Tech, um, which was a big, big game, close game. Another game uh, worth noting because uh, Texas Tech was really close to upsetting them. Oregon only won by eight. Um, and it was kind of a, it was a come from behind win. Um, 
it was 27-18 at one point, and they slowly kind of started nicking away at it. Uh, or should I say nixing it away? No, I'm just kidding. That was a horrible joke. Um, Oregon's quarterback is Bo Nix, if you didn't know. So, yeah, it was a bad joke. Let's move on. Um, but uh, they kind of started, you know, nicking away at it and uh, kind of ended up, uh, they ended up winning in the end, but um, it was a tough battle. Texas Tech um, is, they're a solid team. They started off 0-2 with a upset loss at Wyoming in double overtime, which that was an exciting game as well, but uh, they have they have some opportunity to get back on track with the Big 12 being a little top-heavy. Um, so they have a they have a good chance on um, coming around. Um, but, yeah, Oregon, you know, close game. I think, uh, I think Oregon's just seems too inconsistent sometimes to make real waves. They'll, you know, they'll probably beat Oregon, or, sorry, excuse me, Colorado, but then, like, lose to Washington State. They Or they'll lose a winnable game with who they have beat. And it'll just kind of, like, have you scratching your head. That seems just so Oregon to me. But So that was kind of some uh, storylines from last week. Um, I'd like to get more into depth on these, but uh, for right now, I kind of just can only go through so much with uh, the time that I'm given. So let's look into uh, next week. Next week's a little slow, only because there's no ranked-on-ranked opponents, which is, you know, always an unfortunate thing. But there's still some good games. Um, I'll only go through the ranked ones right now just because uh, they usually seem to have the most implication. Um, and the first one I'd like to mention is uh, LSU, Mississippi State. Um, it's at Mississippi State. And um, Mississippi State, a lot of people are high on. I'm not super high on them, uh, just with kind of the, the, you know, the change at head coach, RIP, uh, Mike Leach. but um i am curious to see how that game goes because of how many people were high in mississippi state the other one was uh missouri kansas state that one i'm pretty excited for because it's at missouri and uh i think it could be an upset because missouri at home what they did against georgia last year their defense is legit um, I'm super, I, I think that'll be an upset if I'm being honest. I think Missouri will be Kansas State at home and, you know, that'll, it'll, it's a fun game because it's a former Big 12 game and those are always fun to see. Um, and I don't know. I, I like Missouri. I think they're headed in such a good direction, but um maybe who knows this could be the the come out game for them or it could be letting us all know that they're not quite there yet um 
Another one is Georgia, South Carolina. I would say, like preseason, I thought this was going to be a much bigger game, but South Carolina, watching the UNC game, they their offensive line stinks, especially because I thought, I was questioning myself. I was thinking UNC had a good defense. And then I watched the UNC App State game and realized they have no defense. It was straight up South Carolina playing horrible. Their offensive line was horrible. Georgia, with the NFL guys that they have on defense, they should crush them. Um, I, there's To me, there's no way South Carolina, you know, hangs in this game, but I would have said that was relevant. Um, a fun one is Oregon State, San Diego State. Um, it's only fun because Oregon State could be in the Mountain West within the coming years. Who knows, really? But uh, it could be a, a Mountain West game here in the future, which is kind of fun. To me, there's no way Oregon State loses this game, though. Um, Oregon State's pretty good. Another good game is North Carolina-Minnesota, which is uh, a ACC Big Ten game. Um, these guys are totally different teams. It'll be funny to watch the play styles because Minnesota, this year they don't look quite as run-heavy, but, um, well, their second game they ran the ball a lot. Um, not the Nebraska game, though. So I am kind of uh I'm kind of curious as to how that game plays out especially cuz North Carolina's defense was a little suspect against App State but um this should be a winnable game for North Carolina. Um an interesting one is Michigan State versus Washington. Uh, Washington travels to Michigan State, and it's kind of interesting because Michigan State's head coach just got fired for um, sexual abuse or assault. I can't remember which one it was. Um, uh, nonetheless, you know, not okay. And uh, so we got fired for that, and it'll kind of be interesting to see how the game goes. Um, Michigan State has a talented roster, but Washington is Washington is not the team you want to play after your head coach just gets fired. Um, so that's going to be a rough one, I think. Um, Florida Tennessee is only notable because Tennessee or Florida has Tennessee's number. Tennessee cannot find a way to beat them. Um, and it's, I don't know, I, you would think last year was the year to beat Florida, but it ended up not being that. So, um, Tennessee should win, but it's at Florida and that's a tough environment to play and Florida has your number. So we could see an upset there. I don't think it's likely, but there's a lot of things going in Florida's favor. Um, Ole Miss Georgia Tech is kind of interesting to me, um, only because 
Georgia Tech played Louisville really, really well. And a lot of people are pretty high on Louisville, only kind of because their schedule is pretty easy. But um, still, I don't think anybody expected Georgia Tech to play that well. Um, and they have to travel Ole Miss. Could be close for two quarters. And I don't know. They maybe keep it close, but I don't, I don't see I don't see it lasting much longer than that. And uh, this um, a game that's kind of funny is Texas or Wyoming travels to Texas, and it would be funny if Wyoming beat two Texas teams. Super unlikely, but Wyoming would now we would have to call Texas Y Tech Y. Yeah, no, another bad joke. Didn't really work how I wanted it to, but um. We're just going to let it go again. Um, so that's kind of the big, big top 25 games. Um, there's this, again, this week is kind of a, a slower week. Um, just because this is usually, usually around the first three weeks, you either have um, some big non-conference games or you have very little. and seems like this one just aligned to be the very little for most teams. Um, but, yeah, with that being said, I'll end it right there. Um, I would like to bring more college content um, when there's more time. Uh, I'd love to get into, you know, stories such as the Deion Sander transfer portal one or, you know, what I think of other things and stuff. And I will do a mid-season prediction. I really wanted to get out a preseason prediction um, with before the season. Didn't end up happening, um, which is unfortunate. But I do, you know, there's opportunity for everything. So I'm going to take the opportunity and make a mid-season one from what I've seen up to that point. Um, and then we'll go from there. I... Uh, I want to keep bringing this to you weekly, and so we'll have college football and NFL weekly. And yeah, we'll just keep going from there. If you have any suggestions, please reach out. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. <laughs>